Welcome once again to Father Spitzer's Universe at the very busy intersection where faith and reason meet and sometimes collide. I'm Doug Keck. I'm here at the front gate and kind of the gatekeeper, but uh, your questions are what drives this program. Email them to spitzersuniversityewtn.com. Check out all of Father Spitzer's websites, themagiscenter.com, CredibleCatholic.com, PurposefulUniverse.com. Better check them out before he adds two more. We've also got Father Spitzer's Universe is always available on the EWTN On Demand page and on our EWTN YouTube channel, which means you can watch it anytime. Also, on our On Demand page, we've just posted Season 10 of Savoring Our Faith. Father Leo Padalinghug, the one and only, travels around the country teaching people how to cook some really great food, but really teaching you about the faith. And it's not only in the United States, but around the globe. Our topic today, Satan uses the culture for large-scale temptation. He must be working overtime. And of course, we got Father's Wood, Christ versus Satan in our daily lives, which I'm assuming you've already thumbed through. If not, check it out through our EW10 Religious Catalog. He's got a new book coming out as well. We can talk about that in the near future. And the book of the month, though, for September, our own Dr. Ray Garendi, Taught by Ten, a psychologist's father learns from his ten children. Explains a lot. Check that book out through our EW10 Religious Catalog. With that being said, we turn to the one and only Father Spitzer. Good to see you, Father. Great to be with you, Doug. And if you want, uh, maybe we're kicking off for a prayer. Maybe in the prayer we can remember those people who are, are dealing with the hurricane in Florida. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your many blessings to us, the blessing especially of this ministry and our ability to serve within it. We ask you now to send your Holy Spirit down upon Doug, myself, our whole audience and staff this day, so that everything we do and say will be brought to fruition in your will for the good of your people, your church, and your kingdom. Please bless all of those people now in Florida who are suffering because of Hurricane Ian, and we ask, Lord, that they be kept safe and that their property damage may be minimized, that you might help them in their need. We ask all of these things through Jesus, our Lord. Amen. amen. And Mary, seat of wisdom, pray, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I know as of this afternoon, we're going to be dedicating our rosaries uh, over the next few days, certainly to the people who will, unfortunately, become victims uh, of the hurricane and its damage. Uh, so before we get into our topic yeah. and some questions from prior programs, here's a couple of interesting articles I wanted to get, get your reaction sure. on. Uh, let's see. Uh, last week or so, uh, let's see, President Joe Biden... Uh, and this article says it this way, falsely claimed the Catholic Church is less strict on abortion than Republican members of Congress. He, to condemn Graham's bill, this was Lindsey Graham, uh, his, he called it an extreme position on abortion. Biden asserted that the allegedly less extreme Roman Catholic Church allows exceptions for abortions in the case of rape and incest, okay? It goes on to just uh, quote the fact that over the years, Biden seems increasingly confused in his Catholic faith, flip-flopping on when he believes life begins. In the 2012 vice presidential debate, he said, life begins at conception, 
That's the church's judgment. I accept it in my personal life, but I refuse to impose it on others, you know, typical pro-choice position. However, in mm -hmm. September of last year, Biden said he did not believe human life begins at conception after reaffirming his allegiance to the now overturned Roe v. Wade decision. So he, he does seem like he's getting more and more confused about science and uh, more and more confused <laughs> about what the church teaches. Well, I would just say on the science and Catholic side, both, because in this case, science and Catholicism have happened to agree completely. Uh, the scientific side, as I've explained before, developments, real advances have been made in DNA sequencing. We now know that um, in a single-celled human zygote, there is a complete human genome uh, that's there, and um, that human genome is going to determine uh, the cell division of uh, this human zygote throughout the rest of the course of its existence. Uh, also, we know about the human zygote now that that one cell is going to be the origin and unification of all cells mm -hmm. in the human body of a particular person over the course of his entire history, uh, the course of his entire lifespan. So, of course, substantially, mm -hmm. the entire human being is there at the moment of conception or fertilization. We know that for a fact. Now, um, to make, you know, as I've quoted the, the two big uh, studies that we've talked about before, the, the new international study of 5,600 uh, uh, biologists uh, say that the um, uh, human fertilization conception is the beginning of a new, unique human life. Mm -hmm. That's 96%, almost a unanimity on this internationally. In the U.S. survey, which gave alternatives uh, for other points at which uh, humanity may be established, still a supermajority, 68% of those biologists in the U.S., given all the alternatives that they, could, they might want to pick, said that human life, a new human, unique human being, originates at conception or fertilization. So I think we have a pretty definite scientific case here. The DNA sequencing, certainly the new studies on the human zygote, certainly the, the studies of these PhD biologists, etc., pretty much give us the clear picture on science, which just happens to agree with the Catholic Church. Human life right. begins at fertilization conception. Now, the main thing that's important here is where you have a human being, there also you must have a human person. And where you have a human person, there also you have the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what an inalienable right is. Mm -hmm. It belongs to a unique human being by his or her own very nature, by their very human existence. That is now established not just philosophically, not just religiously, but scientifically. So all of that being put together, I think we have complete agreement between science and the Catholic Church, right. and I think we have to accord that human being inalienable rights. And if we do accord them the inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then not even President Biden right. can deny this, can take away those inalienable rights. Inalienable rights are inalienable precisely because they were never given by a state, they were never given by a plebiscite, 
They were never given by a constitution. They weren't given by anyone. They belong to every human being by the principles of minimalistic justice. They belong to every human being by their very nature. And every single time we try to separate inalienable rights from the existence of a human being, every time we do it, we get ourselves into boiling Absolutely. hot water right. because the injustices are so deep and egregious that no one can stand to be with. The Supreme Court, in light of the science, had no other choice than right. to reverse Roe v. Wade, not only because it was, of course, illegitimate in principle, denying inalienable rights to human beings, but it was wrong in its science. It actually said right. science couldn't determine this. Now we know that it but can. But isn't it interesting so, with this, with all, uh, that, we're, we're, that we're moving in this and we see it with with the people who are pushing abortion you know it's a, it, this right to, you know it's, mm -hmm. it's not this idea of pro choice it's really pro abortion i mean we're really going from a situation of trying to act like uh, well it's a personal religious decision to the fact that these people just yeah. think you should have abortion all the way through 9 months and that's apparently where joe biden thinks too <laughs> Yeah, well, that's right. And, of course, it's not only anti-Catholic, it's anti-scientific, right. and it's anti-inalienable rights, and therefore it's anti-American. Right, so absolutely. stop it. Right. I mean, that, that's, you know, this, don't is, lie about this is ridiculous. You know, I mean, that, that's the and point is these people hiding behind it. things. Yeah. You know, if you, if you just say, yeah. well, I just believe that uh, babies are babies, but they don't have as much rights as adults, well, then uh, own up to that position, mm -hmm. I guess, at least. You can uh, hang out with Adolf yeah. Hitler and his friends. So uh, another thing about denying yeah. science, uh, uh, it was Stacey Abrams, you know, who's running again for governor in, in Georgia. Uh, she uh -huh. recently, and this is an article in Fox News, so trampled heavily on science okay. when she claimed there's, there's no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. She goes on to say the heartbeat that she says does not exist, you know, uh, is actually an electrical signal and it's not really a heartbeat. Uh, and the doctor who wrote this, uh, Gracie Pozo uh, Christie, who uh, is a great uh, pro-life champion, is going to be doing some spots actually for EW10 called In a Catholic Minute, along with her husband Stephen, who's also a doctor. Uh, she says yeah. that her work as a diagnostic radiologist that... Uh, it's insane to say that these heartbeats don't exist. She says, calling the sound manufactured as a heartbeat is like calling an x-ray of a hand or a foot a manufactured image. Just the idea. Now they're saying yeah. it's not really a fetal heartbeat. It's some other sound. It's electrical activity. Yeah. Right. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think that is correct. Right. And I think, as your good radiologist will be able to point out, you can actually make a, a very firm distinction um, between uh, an electrical signal versus a heartbeat, which is an organically produced uh, a signal. And I think she can tell very uh, distinctly what the difference is between the two. Absolutely. But again, this idea of, you know, we always said the, the, the devil was a liar from the beginning, is that as the facts go away, people just continue to... They just lie bigger. 
Yeah, well, yeah, right. that's right. I mean, uh, yeah, well, I guess that's right because uh, I, I just, um, you know, the idea that, you know, this is just an electrical signal. Um, you know, I think if you just did a quick poll on radiologists mm -hmm. in general, mm -hmm. uh, they would say at least with respect to the dignity of my profession, mm -hmm. I can certainly tell the difference <laughs> between an electrical signal and that which is produced by an audible sound of a heart beating, even right. though the sound be a small perturbation. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> yeah. of this kind of a topic, and, uh, and since it kind of hits yeah. in on, on your part of the country there and your wonderful governor, Gavin Newsom, uh, here's a, <laughs> uh, a, something oh, that came out of the Catholic League last week <laughs> about what they called his demonic uh, behavior. Uh, you know, he's uh, on social media been promoting the fact that, you know, come to California and get your abortion. Uh, but he's putting up billboards, yeah. uh, you know, and one of the billboards he's planning on putting in Mississippi and Oklahoma include a passage, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. So he's, he's basically associating the gospel and taking care of your loving your neighbor as yourself as a reason why you should be able to help people have abortions. And this was an interesting, so I wanted you to react to that, but I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> well, first of all, oh yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I know, Sorry. I know. I mean, it, but it is demonic. I mean, when you start using the good, you know, to, for, for justifying yeah. evil, isn't that what our, our, our Lord said? I mean, in some fashion or form about that. Yeah, even, even, the, even the devil quotes scripture. Right, yeah. absolutely. And this was yeah, interesting, absolutely. too. I don't know if you ever heard this story. He says in May of 2002, yeah. this is Gazim, uh, Gavin Newsom, his mother decided to end her life via assisted suicide. I didn't know that. But Newsom recalled she left I me. I didn't a, either. She left me a message because I was too busy, saying, "Hope you're well. Next Wednesday will last day for me. Hope you can make it." So, it might give you a little wow. background and insight into where some people's views of life uh, might have been impacted by. Wow. Well, you know, Christopher Hitchens' mom too. You know, uh, mm. uh, went off, and you know, he was. She didn't want to disturb him, so she just went off with her, uh, I guess it was her uh, either fiancé or her new bride, I can't remember mm. which, and went off to a little Greek paradise there, island, you know, uh, uh, sipping some champagne and uh, si sipped themselves into oblivion, which right. I guess uh, Christopher uh, then got word on later on, and uh, wouldn't that turn your life around in a hurry? Right. Right. I mean, your mother uh, uh, basically uh, giving you the old... Uh, uh, suicide note uh, via the Greek islands. So right. anyway, um, I yes. don't know. I think people. I think it's sick. Right. I think it's it's devoid of love. Right. I think it's evil because it is devoid of love. It's devoid of any empathy. It's you know it just you know my autonomy comes first, and I'm um, you know I'll commit suicide if I want. And right. you know you can see he grew up with this. I can see maybe why he holds the positions, holds the positions he, holds. he does. Right. It right. really isn't. Yeah, it's uh, it it uh, it really opens up the yeah. world of understanding to me. One last thing yeah. related to the coast, uh, and it has to do with an article in the Los Angeles <laughs> Times. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm beating up on you and your homeland there, uh, even though you're originally from Hawaii. But that's not much better. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he wrote a column. I thought it was interesting. This columnist. Should our aid in dying laws be expanded or are we moving too fast? A gentleman named Nicholas Goldberg, who, if you read his background and everything, I mean, he's totally fine with 
you know, uh, Aiden dying, and you know, he thinks it should be expanded, but he uh, has become concerned over the fact from some information coming out of Canada and the, and the very uh, the laws in Canada uh, being so uh, yeah. opened up. Uh, and he talks about the fact yeah. that there was a British Columbia man named Alan Nichols with a history of depression and hearing loss who was at his own request euthanized. His family says the process mm -hmm. was not nearly protective enough. Nicholas was not suffering unbearably, which is among Canada's requirements for euthanasia, was not taking needed medication and was not terminally ill. His brother said Alan was basically put to death. And this is up in Canada. And he goes yeah. on to say that people yeah. up in Canada worry that people with disabilities in particular who can be granted the right to be euthanized even if they don't have other medical issues and are not terminally ill. And he goes on to say that another worry is that Canadian doctors are initiating discussions about euthanasia with patients who are not otherwise considering it. Critics fear they may be engaging patients, encouraging patients, in fact, to end their lives. What a surprise. Yeah, that's been the concern for the last 15 years that we have been fighting this. And uh, there's, there's three things that are going on. The first thing, of course, is what we call doctor coaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, that happens all the time. The second, of course, is uh, remember those several cases where, um, you know, the daughter comes in and says to the mom, you know, uh, gee, mom, uh, I think you, you need uh, to have assisted suicide. No, no, thank you, dear. I, I mm. don't want to, to have assisted suicide. And then, of course, the daughter requests it of, you know, the doctor. And the mm. doctor says, well, your mom doesn't want assisted suicide. So he says no. Then, you know, she sends her, you know, her mom to the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist says, no, your mother doesn't want to commit suicide. She sends finally to a friendly psychologist mm -hmm. who is part of, uh, you know, the uh, insurance company Mm -hmm. uh, that is um, uh, overseeing the case and of course he advises oh I think she's ready for it and then of course the next day mom is dead mm -hmm. at the behest of the daughter uh, never wanting to do it but the right. daughter practically forcing the solution down her mouth right. so you've got the problem of the uh, of the child who may be malintended the third problem of course is the insurance company itself mm -hmm. we know the Barbara Wagner case and others right where the insurance company said well, you know, and we used to cover this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but now we don't cover, um, you know, the illness or the protocols needed, you know, to to deal with this illness. But we will cover your assisted suicide. Right. Uh, so uh, go right ahead uh, if if you want to do that. So any state, you know, where you have the assisted suicide uh, passed, uh, hopefully you have some relatives that are really nice people who are going to defend you. Um, and uh, make sure, of course, that your insurance still covers the majority of illnesses they used to cover uh, before the aid in dying uh, package came right, along. Right. And by the way, there's a whole lot of slippage, I might point out, between uh, those who are, uh, you know, asking for suicide uh, versus doctors who take it upon themselves to go ahead and euthanize the person mm -hmm. because they're a little too slow in coming to the obvious conclusion right. that they should die. And remember the Dutch case, this right. is a couple right. years back, 
um, where, you know, the, the physician thought, well, this woman's a bit obstreperous, you know, um, mm -hmm. I think it's time for her to go. And so she's, uh, you know, uh, the mother, uh, you know, brings her down to the doctor. The doctor's got the old lethal injection prepared, and this mm -hmm. woman looks at the doctor coming with the old lethal injection. She starts kicking and screaming she, that she doesn't want it. Right. So the doctor goes out, brings in uh, two of her relatives in the waiting room to hold her hold down, her down right. while she gives her the lethal injection, clearly against her will. Right. You know, and she says, "Well, you know, I, I felt that she was just not making the proper decision." Right. And, uh, and, of course, the proper decision was not the woman's anymore. It was the doctor's. Now, this is what the medical uh, overs oversight board of uh, Dutch physicians, this is what they came up with in the aftermath. Well, she was trying, the doctor was trying to do the right thing, so we shouldn't really reprimand her or right. penalize her uh, for trying to do the right thing, killing this woman against her will. I mean, it's all, right. you know, the, clearly... The protections are gone. Anybody who thinks that you're just going to pass wholesale aid and dying and that these protections are going to be observed or that your protections are in place or that doctors will look out for uh, your best interests mm -hmm. or you think for a moment that the insurance companies will keep you covered. You think for a moment that all of your relatives are pure. You think for a moment that you're invulnerable to euthanasia because you haven't made a firm decision. You think for a moment that you have you know, the right to cancel out on this thing after you've said that you're going to go ahead uh, through it. You better guess again because there are plenty of cases, not just in Canada and in Holland, but there are cases now in assisted suicide states all across the United States that have passed this measure. So right. be careful what you vote for. And in fact, if, if I were you, uh, I would not vote for this. Uh, in, in fact, I, I would not vote for it because, of course, it's right. against our religion. But I wouldn't vote for it in your own self-interest because this thing is a big slippery slope. And anybody who tells you that a slippery slope argument is invalid better look at the history of this one mm -hmm. because the slippery slope is all over the place for people to see. And by the way, were all the religious people that were objecting to Hitler's fanatical uh, tendencies to persecute um, you know, minorities everywhere, did, do you think that they, you know, when they were crying slippery slope that is happening to greater and greater number of population, right. that was an invalid argument? Wish a few more people had listened to that argument. Right. And by the way, now that we mention the, the Nazis, I wonder who started off their entire movement with good old aid and dying, good old euthanasia. And they just advanced it and it crept right. up. Oh, right. club-footed people, they, you know, they got to get it too. And, you know, that, that, it's for their own good. They, they can't live a happy life. And, and by the way, you know, those people with the cleft palates, you know, they, they got to get it too. And, you know, this is how Viktor right. Frankl wound up being in the, in the prisoner of war camp. You know, he basically was going around changing, you know, some, you know, person was down uh, for a little aid in dying, you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, because they had club feet or something, he'd change the diagnosis, head cold and get him out of there. Right. Well, he got caught and he was Jewish and off he went to the uh, prisoner of war camps. But uh, he survived it, and we got Man's right. Search for Meaning, and what a wonderful book that is, where he just says, at the end of the day, if you don't observe love as the highest commandment, 
something's going to go wrong in society, so terribly wrong. And the injustices of the propaganda that surround Aiden dying, which are all, uh, you know, every single solitary disabilities uh, advocacy organization, every one of them are against assisted suicide. Right, they know right. th that, oh, they know the vulnerabilities of the well, disabled. That, I mean, that's, that's where you get yeah. uh, what happened in Nazi Germany. Was life not worthy yeah. of living or whatever the phrase they yeah. used to use? And besides, they needed to purify yeah. the race. I mean, we've, uh, we need to, you know. Yeah. Cut down yeah, on yeah, all the, that's right. you know, it's like uh, Iceland getting rid of, we don't Could have... get uh, into the gene pool. You know, yeah. they don't need to have anybody who has uh, Down, Down syndrome, syndrome kids, anymore. Yeah. Isn't that magic? Well, yeah. if you just uh, kill them all yeah, before yeah. they're born, I guess you can do yeah. that, right? It's amazing. Yeah, that's right, because before they're born, it's okay. Yeah, you know? right. apparently so. <laughs> and why not just right after? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we might have missed that one, yeah. you know, I mean... <laughs> Well, yeah, was Peter right. Singer said Singer said it was up to a year, yeah. was it, or something like that? <laughs> exactly. right? I think he was. Wonderful well, guy over tragic. in Princeton, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So let's get. And to by the way, I might yeah. point out that uh, blindness was one of the reasons why, uh, you know, if, if uh, you know a child were were born blind, uh, that would be one of the reasons to euthanize them after um, they were born, because that's mm -hmm. such a serious dis disability that no one would want to go through life blind. Thanks, uh, Peter. Uh, you know, I. Uh, yeah, you can ask all the blind the, people uh, how they, uh, they really wish that they yeah, had been yeah. exterminated at, at the yeah. time. But so, uh, yeah, that's right. It's very, it's amazing how you know. But I think it's also indicative. I think not to get totally off course, but you, we're talking the about the death and dying thing. But a lot of people would probably say, well, I don't hear that much about it, really. I hear these cases here and there. But, you know, recently we found out the level of, like, suddenly the trans thing, and, uh, you know what I mean, all the surgeries yeah. and all that stuff going on, nobody heard anything about it. Nobody had any idea that there were so many organizations directly involved with and hospitals who were yeah. engaging in clinics designed oh, yeah. to deal with this, right? So who knows what's going oh, on? Oh, yeah, no, I mean... Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you can tell. I mean, you let this euthanasia uh, cat out of the bag. I'm telling you. I mean, it's, it's going to do a lot of mischief. Right. I mean, not just mischief, a lot of tragedy. And a lot of people are going to be terribly unjustly and egregiously unjustly treat, uh, treated. And so I think we got to nip it in the bud right now and nip it in the bud legislatively. Right. I know everybody who are concerned now about getting these abortion laws passed, right. but at the same time, we also have to keep our eye on the, the euthanasia physician-assisted uh, right. physician suicide bill uh, bills as well. Okay, uh, question, dear Father Spitzer, in the gospel, Jesus gave us the golden rule to do unto others as we have uh -huh. them do unto us. Our culture thinks they have improved with uh -huh. the platinum rule. I think we talked about it once before. Treat others as they want yeah. to be treated. I don't believe Jesus has been outsmarted since both rules seem equally vulnerable to perversion. But what is the flaw in the logic of the new improved platinum rule over the golden rule? Well, I mean, the idea of treat them as they want to be treated is give them anything they want. Okay. Now, would you treat your child that way? Would you give your child anything that they want? So if they want to eat, you know, a, a, a thousand tons of candy, you're going to say, go right ahead. That's why you want to be treated. I'm loving you by just letting you have everything you want. And you're going to go ahead and you're going to give uh, criminals everything that they want. Uh, and you're going to go ahead and you're going to allow people 
uh, to harm themselves uh, when you know uh, unnecessarily, when you know you could for, uh, forewarn them that this mm -hmm. is a, a bad idea because they really, really want it. So, I mean, the, the whole idea of giving people everything they want is complete lunacy. It's idiocy. The reason that we have laws mm -hmm. is because people want things that will cause other people to suffer. People want things that will cause themselves to suffer needlessly. Uh, people want things uh, that, that uh, well, uh, you know, are greedy and uh, vain and proud and envious that wind up doing all kinds of horrible things to other people. So, of course, we don't want to treat people as they want to be treated. That would mean that they have a completely well-formed conscience and could not possibly make an egregious moral error toward anyone or toward themselves. Right. So, you know, looking at that, that's the platinum rule is not platinum. Mm -hmm. The platinum rule is idiocy. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know what we could say. Right. It's, it's a, platinum plated a maybe, but it's not yeah. really platinum for yeah. well, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fool, exactly. Fool's platinum if there was such a thing. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, fool's right. platinum, there you right. go. <laughs> so, uh, question number two, we got two minutes before we go to the break. A friend of mine, okay who's Catholic, says he has a problem with the resurrection of the body line in the Apostles' Creed. He does not understand this as we oh, taught that the body decays and it's the soul that lives on. He left me stumped on this when I say I do not know how to explain this to him. Can you enlighten me so I can pass on the explanation of this first to my questioning Catholic friend? Thank you and God bless Josette. So. Yeah, uh, well, um, Jose, I, I would just say this right now. The, the first things first, um, you know, the body itself, the, the, the physical body that we have, yes, that will be transcended. But the glorified body that Jesus had, the glorified body that we will have in our own resurrection uh, when we go to heaven, uh, that glorified body is not really just a, a, a physical body that's been resuscitated. So mm -hmm. your friend is right on that score. You know, you're not just going to have have a physically resuscitated body. On the other hand, though, your friend is, um, you know, is wrong about the fact that the soul is like uh, without any kind of embodiment to it. Remember, embodiment is more than just, uh, you know, mind. It's more mm -hmm. than just affect. It's not like, you know, uh, as it were, a, a, a disengaged, disembodied uh, thinking. Um, you know, as you know, a, a, a substance, mm -hmm. a, 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 you know, a, what, what Descartes would have called a, a cogitating substance. Mm -hmm. But the point is that it, you know, we also have mediation and our interactions with one another, our human interactions with one another, are mediated through our bodies. Mm -hmm. Now, right now, it's mediated through our physical bodies. In heaven, it will be mediated through our spiritual bodies, right? Pneumaticon soma, so the, the uh, you know, St. Paul's word for spiritual body. Mm -hmm. It'll be mediated. Yes, we will have, though, a shape. We will have, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, but it will be transformed in glory. Yes, we will have a shape and a mediation through which we can sense the presence of others, enjoy the beauty of others, enjoy the interaction with others in their embodiment, for that is what we were made for. Yes, we'll have all of that, but it will not be subject to the laws of physics. It will mm -hmm. not be subject to corruption. It will not be subject, uh, you know, to uh, obviously the sufferings that can occur, uh, you know, to the physical body, you know, and bleeding and disease and right. so forth and so on. That will all be brought to an end. But embodiment we 
will have. And so that spiritual body then will, uh, in, a, in a way, kind of resemble our physical bodies, but it will not be physical right. in the sense of subject to physical laws and built on physical systems and processes. It will be a spiritual body that will be reconstituted uh, when we get into the heavenly Very kingdom. good. Perfect, perfect timing. We got to take a break. Much more ahead with Father Spitzer. Stay right there and you stay there as well. So much for staying with us for part two of Father Spitzer's Universe. Satan uses the culture for a large-scale temptation, of course, from Father's book. But before we get back to your wonderful questions for Father Spitzer, I wanted to tell you about a special documentary film called Saint Michael Meet the Angel. It takes a close look at who perhaps is the best-known angel in the Catholic Church. This movie is in theaters for one day only tomorrow, and this is on Thursday, the 29th. And here's a look at the trailer. The life of a Christian on earth is a struggle, a fight. We are threatened by various dangers. Saint Michael is the breath of the Holy Spirit who will defeat the Antichrist and all evil spirits. Tell everyone that I grant all graces, that I have great power as the one who stands before God. Here, one comes to seek answers to the question of the meaning of our life. It is worth knowing that on this path, we have a discreet companion. In movie theaters, September 29th only. And if you can look it up on the web, you, I'm sure you can find the website to find out more information about it, what theaters it might be in. Mother Life, St. Michael the Archangel, so we had to at least uh, throw a plug in there. And we could use his help <laughs> right now, Father. Here's, a, here's another yeah, question sure for you. <laughs> Dear Father Spitzer, I have a longtime friend who identifies as a Catholic, attends Mass weekly. He also supports abortion, gay marriage, birth control, transgenderism. How do I convince them this is not what Catholics believe? And this is from Brian. Well, Brian, I think um, maybe the view of love that he has um, might be the way to start it. Because you, you don't want to try and say, well, here's the church teaching that teaches against transgenderism or something, or here's the church teaching that you know, talks about gay marriage. If you do that, you're not going to get anywhere. He's just going to say, oh, I just don't believe that, mm -hmm. you know, and then he's going to say, but I'm still a Catholic and I still want to go to Mass. So I probably start by going for, for the definition of love, you know, what is love, what causes human flourishing, and, and start there and start with, you know, principles. Uh, you know, for example, I, I would start with the four levels of happiness, honestly. Uh, this is this little curriculum that I have on my uh, 
Monitor Center, um, mm -hmm. you know, website that just gets, you know, moves people from what we call uh, pleasure happiness, mm -hmm. and then you go to ego comparative happiness. That's level two. Level three is contributive happiness, and level four is ultimate or transcendent happiness, where we actually find our freedom and um, our true definition of love by uh, surrendering ourselves not only to God but surrendering ourselves to what God wants because his view of love mm -hmm. I am absolutely convinced of this is the one that respects others the most that respects commitment the most we're, we're you know it's a real illusion to think that you can just focus on uh, for example sexuality mm -hmm. and just say you know I you know I think these one-night stands are just perfectly okay <laughs> uh, you know I, I don't see what's wrong with having you know 300 400 sexual partners throughout my life because after all you know these things are are you know you know they're just you know between human beings who are uh, freely consenting to this activity we're just using each other yes but you'll notice that as these things happen mm. the depression rates go up the anxiety rates go up the suicide rates go up the substance abuse rates go up the panic disorder rates go up and so forth and so on and you just say well right. why is this happening because we were not meant to just have a bunch of one night stands we were meant to have a consistent truly exclusive relationship with others if we want to commit uh, ourselves to a sexual relationship mm -hmm. we, we're supposed to do that by making this person not only our best friend but to commit to them publicly that they will be the exclusive person uh, with which we will um, be uh, in a romantic relationship for the rest of our lives and so uh, we are meant to serve one another not just use one another sexually and when you do, it backfires emotionally. It backfires spiritually. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you know, when you, you get into these things or you get into promiscuity, you're, it just happens. You can correlate it directly in secular studies where you can see that the, the rate of religious participation plummets. Mm -hmm. Marriages make the rate of religious participation go up. Uh, you know, a good uh, 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 marriage and so forth. Families make religious participation go up. They build one another up, yeah, you know, mutually. That's the way we were meant to be. That's the way the, the Lord, you know, wanted love to be. And, and so the idea of, you know, exclusive commitment and permanent commitment, the idea of family as the, as, you know, the, the, you know, the ideal of marriage, the idea, if you do that, your spiritual health is going to go up. Your emotional health is going to go up, and your relational health is going to go up. Not just the relational health in the marriage, but the mm -hmm. relational health beyond the marriage. That is very normal. And then if you go the opposite way, if you go against that, and, and you, you elevate sexuality above commitment and love, or you elevate sexual expression above commitment and love, where you just basically turn love into eros, but no philia, no agape, no God uh, in the midst of it. If you do that, you can be assured you're going to be, at the end of the day, right. someone who's really spiritually declining. You're going to have huge in increased rates of depression, anxiety, suicide, substance abuse, panic disorders, right. etc. So uh, right. you know, uh, I'm telling you. The other uh, thing going through the roof with, with the these things of love. Are, which we've mm -hmm. seen is the STD numbers are going through the roof too. That's another thing that's. Oh out there yeah, that's it's not. Uh, so. It's it. It's and so bad the they don't even talk about anymore. Fighting and you know, so. bickering. Yeah, right. Oh no. As a matter of fact, we. 
Yeah, no, we, we, we just have power games and prestige games and, uh, you know, playing up on one another mm -hmm. because it's all about sex. It's not all about right. love. We don't subordinate our wills to anybody. we got to get one up on them. I mean, if you put two level two people, you know, into a relationship, I can assure you it's not going to last for a lifetime. If mm -hmm. all everybody wants to do is get ego comparative advantage over the right. other person, it's not going to last more than two years. I mean, eventually they're going to tear each other apart. And and this is well known and so yeah let's just go back to what Christ said we were meant for family we were meant for exclusive permanent relationship we were meant to follow the Lord's law on how to express our love and I mean these moral principles I, I don't look at moral principles as rules that are you know imposed on people they are literally principles that tell us how to love properly how to get our egos out of proper love so that we can serve one another mm -hmm. one another in permanent commitment you know in, in according to God's plan. If we follow God's plan for love, if we follow God's plan of morality, that is following God's plan for love. And so we find out that our relationships do increase. Yes, we got to get out of our ego, but the first way to start is we got to tell ourselves the truth. Well, you know, what is right. love? Love isn't about self. It's not about getting my way. It's not about using somebody else uh, sexually. It's not about two, you know, free, autonomous adults mm -hmm. just using each other and, and because we're consenting adults it's okay etc etc you start doing all right. this stuff at the end of the day you're gonna find out that you're not gonna be happy your depression rates through the ceiling you're gonna find out you're not practicing your religion anymore you're gonna find out that you are in a very dark mood you're gonna find out that you're feeling a sense of panic of feeling a sense of emptiness alienation and loneliness you're gonna see right. that this is you know you don't follow God's you know it, it's not moral rules it's moral principles for how to love well that's what these moral principles are and, you know so you say well all this stuff about anti-gay you know you're imposing on my freedom well I may be imposing on your autonomous freedom but I'm sure giving you a principle to help you how to love well and if you love if you do that kind of thing I can assure you you'll not only have a happier life in this world you'll have a happier life in the next and the next world you know if you find yourself following darkness and following the evil spirits way of doing things if you follow the, the, the evil spirit into aggressive ego comparative advantage if you follow the evil spirit into the dark world of just using sexuality for your own purposes and using others in order to get it if you follow the evil spirit into the world of you know substance abuse etc etc you follow the evil spirit into his rationalizations and his ways of doing things I can assure you he will grip you he will get you and then when you're in that moment of alienation and emptiness and and and, and fear and malaise uh, then he will come back and collect the tab where will you turn then you won't have friends that are really true good you know the, the quality friends who, who will stick through with you through thick and thin you'll just have the friends who are the sycophants that hold on to you because you got some kind of advantage that you can bring bring them you, you, you're, you're gonna find that you don't have a, a relationship with God where you can just go fleeing into his arms instead of fleeing into his arms you're running away from him you're gonna find that you don't have a church community which is solid behind you and, and, and because you've chosen not to have them not because you can't have them you know not because somebody ruled you out of it it's because you chose not to have Choices it you follow making. that right. other spirit 
Oh yeah. Do you fall you into the you darkness? Need people like who who are willing to say, "Hey, maybe you're going down the wrong path. Yeah. Hey, maybe we need to think yep. about these choices you're making. Not because because I love you, not because I don't love you, but because I do love you. I'm going to yeah. be willing to uh, come forward and say something that might be uncomfortable." In the closing t uh, 12 minutes yeah. or so, let's get to how the devil works, since okay. obviously we're talking sure. a bit about how he was working already there. Uh, sure, and, uh, page 238, as we wrapped up the last time, we talked about uh, this kind of devil four-prong four at attack. You want to go through uh, those four, that, that attack, oh, well, the social you know, media, et cetera? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, basically, the uh, you know what the the devil is doing with social media to begin with is, of course, he's ramping up the ego comparative advantage there. And what the devil likes to do is he likes to plant all the rationalizations along with it, because right, if my Instagram profile means more to me than um, actual relationships that I have with people face to face of serving them and helping them, uh, and and them uh, you know allowing them to serve and help me. Uh, you know, if that that's uh, replacing, you know, this, this sort of ego comparative surface, you know, ad, you know, advantage mm -hmm. kind of a thing. If that's what's really replacing true love, we're going to have a, you know, a great deal of, of difficulty. But more than that, I mean, I think the evil spirit, you know, presents, you know, the entitlement culture in, mm -hmm. in the biggest possible way, right? You know, we're entitled. We deserve this. And and once you push entitlement to its 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 completion right mm -hmm. you can see that people resent before they think so if you say hey you know maybe you maybe you're going down the wrong path uh, without any doubt you know hey I don't have a right to be treated right. that way you shouldn't be saying that to me and I'm rushing out against you with a real resentment you know filled with entitlement and indignation instead of saying oh well maybe you are a friend of mine and you're trying to keep me off the bitter path you know oh Maybe I better think right. about that. I mean, we are so hair-trigger resentment right now, so hair-trigger entitlement, so hair-trigger deserve, you know, I owe it to myself and you owe it to right. me too. You know, I mean, right. the devil it's... has prepared that culture, you know, like fallow ground, he's harvested it. Right. So, uh, you, you know, think it's now, also, of course, I'm, we I'm, pay the Right, I'm just wondering also with that, sometimes people get the mm -hmm. most upset when they hear the thing about themselves that's true, but that they don't want to oh, acknowledge yeah. to other people. And that's when you get that really angry, angry pushback. Well, you do because it's two reasons. I mean, the first thing is, is you know, you resent being told that you are not perfect. Right. And, uh, you know, I think if we are the person that says that, I think we always have to preface it with, you know, I'm not perfect either, and I've right. failed so many times in my life, but I'm seeing something here. I just thought I'd point it out, because I've experienced it too. Right. So if we don't say it by taking the moral high ground, like, right. you know, if we, if we just say, oh, I think you, you got to uh, deal with this thing in your life, mm -hmm. oh, people think you're taking the moral high ground, and of course they resent it. But if you just say, hey, listen, right. I'm the least person in the mm -hmm. world to be saying this, but I'm getting worried. I'm seeing something that, you know, I've been tempted by before and just thought as a friend, I'm going to point it out. 
you keep going down here and I can tell you what I have felt when I went down that road and you just sort of be a companion you know to them in the sense of right. saying been there done that you don't want to repeat it if you do that it is really effective because mm -hmm. people don't think oh you're taking the moral high war. Maybe you really are worried about me. Right. Now, of course, they can still resent you, right? They can still say, who are you to tell me, even if you've been through that? I'm not that way. I'm not right. like you think. But, of course, that generally betrays that you're just lying to yourself right, absolutely. Um, half the time. Yeah. And sometimes so people sometimes react that way. The best and thing and to and do. Right, and you don't know how much of their reflection later <laughs> when they're alone or when they're away, yeah. when they don't feel put on the spot to start yeah. thinking, well, maybe there's some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah, just say, well, you know, I didn't mean to offend you. Just always say that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just say, um, if, if you go down that thing, just, you know, think Christ is there for you. Uh, turn around, listen to him. Uh, in other words, don't say, listen to me. Right. Just say, Christ is there for you. Listen to him. Right. Follow him. He's the way out if you think you're getting in dark and deep. And um, people don't know, when they are on the road, to getting something that they really like. So let's say uh, they're following a path of, um, you know, greed or sexual license mm -hmm. or, you know, they're following a path of, uh, um, you know, real ethical um, compromise in order mm -hmm. to get power or to, you know, they've built up all these facades that you know are false and, and so forth and so on. You can see the lies all around them and, you know, and you're trying to help them out. You know, the best thing is, is, you know, if you say, well, I'm a little worried about this, you know, been there, done that, you know, I've tried to create mm -hmm. my own false facades, done all these things, and then, you know, who are you to tell me? I just say, well, um, I, I'm, not, I'm just here to just be a voice, um, you know, to just say, uh, beware, but, you know, my thought is, if you get in dark and deep, if you feel that you're in over your head at some point, turn to Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, keep, get yourself out of the picture, put Jesus into the picture, and, you know, Jesus is the one, you know, and keep pointing to him. He's the one. Go to the Holy right. Spirit. Go to St. Michael, right? Today is right, uh, the vigil of Michaelmas, you know, uh, of uh, St. Michael's Feast. So, you know, the whole idea, uh, you know, of just pointing to the, the real supernatural agency that can help them, uh, you know, instead of to yourself. Just say, I'm just... Right. And seeing this, I just wanted to point out as a friend, um, I won't mention it again. If you get in over your right. head, it's really the uh, find, really the, yeah. I think a, the, what you're saying is the true understanding of what the Holy Father was talking about with the encounter and accompany, mm -hmm. the idea of meet that person yeah. where they're at, but work with them, accompanying mm -hmm. them so that they can make the right decisions going forward. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, sometimes it gets right. put and a little too say, heavily, yeah. like accompany yeah. means continue on the same path, which is not the right. idea. So, Yeah, exactly. That's not the idea. But you want to turn them around. And, right. and, you know, like I said, if you can use your own self as an example, that's great. Or if you know of a case where somebody went in that direction, just say, right. I saw life ruined already. And I just don't want yours to go Absolutely. that way, too. Right. So that's the only reason why I'm saying it. Take it for what yeah. it's worth. Uh, you yeah, also talk about the, the idea yeah. of undermining truth is a big one. The other thing is ridiculing and marginalizing 
basically the oh, church is another factor, all religious right? authorities oh absolutely and of course that's the whole thing of you know uh, ridiculing priests and we see the subtle ways that that's done and the not so subtle ways mm -hmm. that's done in media uh, and the devil has certainly prepared uh, the way there every scandal that uh, takes place uh, in religion I mean it is broadcast from coast to coast uh, and the reason is very simply that um, you break down people's confidence uh, in religious authority and so it's it becomes easier and easier to ridicule them but there are lots of saints out there there are lots of good people out there there's lots of compassionate good serving individuals who are out there who just want to help who have no agenda who don't have you know a greed agenda a sexual agenda any agenda and that's 95 percent of these guys who are have dedicated and given their whole lives uh, to a to a vocation and all of the lay people who are trying to do the very same thing and all of the deacons are trying to do the very same thing. I mean, you know, most, the vast majority are good people. But all you need is a few examples to break down that confidence. And slowly but surely, you begin to think everybody's like that. You know, I, I remember when the scandals were on and you, all this stuff was coming out in the newspapers. And people would say, guys, you're going to wear your Roman collar in public? Mm -hmm. And I just said, yes, I am. And if people want to think I'm a child molester or whatever, I'm just, I don't care. I'm just going to be out there and I'm going to help the people who want the help that they need. Because, you know, you just can't believe the number of people who come up to you right, in an airport. Absolutely. You got five minutes, Father? I mean, you can't believe the number of people in a hospital. You know, and so you just, you can't, you know, Cow, you know, you just have to be who you are. And, you know, if people are threatened by old laughing, you know, blind spitzer, they can be threatened. But I'm not, for the people who do need that sense, you know, that there is a religious and godly presence in the world. And I'm not saying I'm any saint, because I'm not. But the point I'm trying to make is, there it is. I'm going to keep wearing my clerics. So the, the point, I guess, you know, is right. let's not, you know, allow the media to have any more influence than they've already had in undermining. It's not just Catholics. They undermine every religious Absolutely. authority they can get yeah. their hands on. Right. So it's, and it's very concerted. The effort is very concerted indeed. And, uh, I mean, I love the fact you know, that, uh, uh, you know, as you said, Biden shows his own colors, you know, by uh, uh, utilizing religion to try and, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, as a, as a shield, but at right. the same time, you know, criticizing it, you know, uh, in his backhanded way. Right. So, you know, my thinking is, you know, uh, uh, this is typical of the evil spirit. He wants to break down every confidence right. he can. And so, uh, you well, that's know, the amazing uh, the thing. You always, always, right? You always sit there and say, "If you don't believe, why does it bother you that I do?" Exactly, exactly. Right. Because you are literally piquing their conscience. Right. That's why. Right. Uh, so you talk about the idea of the kind of their false morality that it portrays you kind of talk you also say what we can do to retake the what can we do to retake the culture first and foremost parents must instill in their children the importance of commitment to god jesus and a church community i don't think we're doing that very well right now yeah no we're not doing it well when we basically say through our actions that your sports team means 
more because you want it, right? Uh, treat other people the way they want to be treated. Here's another example. Uh, Mom, I just, you know, um, we got to play all kinds of sports on Sunday, uh, you know, and you can't find a mass on Sunday. And it comes down to, you know, there's no mass available because now the sports team doesn't just take two hours. It doesn't take four hours on Sunday. It's now taking eight hours on Sunday. No mass available uh, that, you know, can be gone to with your child to accommodate the sports, et cetera, et cetera. So sports comes first or whatever. The point is we're saying all these things in our action. I mean, my dad would never have agreed to that, thank mm -hmm. goodness. And, of course, my mom certainly wouldn't <laughs> have agreed to it. But the, the point, and today's her birthday, I might point out. No. So anyway, the log of the show, yeah, well, uh, she's uh, deceased, of course, but I just uh, can't help but remember it. But anyway, uh, um, the, all these things, you look at them and you think to yourself, well, you know, how did the road get paved so that we're doing this? Mm -hmm. We're ignoring, you know, God as first principle, Jesus, the church. And, and you know, instead of telling people, you know, uh, uh, hey, these moral teachings, they're principles that tell you how to love. They're not just rules that are being arbitrarily imposed on you. Mm. These come from Jesus and, uh, you know, uh, trying to right. find to the best of our ability the way of applying this, you know, to, you know, the, these, these uh, rules and how to love. You know, we're trying to apply it to a, a cultural setting and we're looking at Jesus' teaching and extending it to all the new situations that come up in our culture. We just have to have some sense of teaching our kids, right. hey, these rules are not bad deals. These rules are good deals. They Right. keep you not only on the religious That's path, right. they're going to keep you on an emotionally well, healthy were, uh, path right. and a relationally healthy well, path. Well, they, they're supplied mm -hmm. to us by the by the manufacturer, so usually that's what we should follow, right? With that yeah. being said, <laughs> yeah, we should probably exactly. uh, ask you to uh, give us your blessing on the way out the door, Father. A absolutely. Right. And bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. And may the Lord of all peace, consolation, and wisdom send his spirit down upon you to guide you and help you in your discernments in this culture of confusions and obfuscations so that you might clearly see the light of Christ, the light of his love, the light of his hope, and the light of his peace in his teaching and in his church. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Spitzer. Be well. We shall see you next week. And of course, don't forget Father Spitzer's books available through our EWTN Religious Catalog. Of course, next week's show topic basically will continue with Satan Uses the Culture for Large-Scale Temptation. Our bookmark, Friendship and the Fathers by Mike Aquilina. Always a fun interview with Mike. And our family celebration Saturday, October 1st, Phoenix Convention Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Go to EWTN.com for more information. You can register there. You don't have to register. You can show up there. It's free. And Father Spitzer will be there. And we're going to do a special edition of Father Spitzer's Universe. I'm Doug Keck. Hope to see you there. And hopefully we'll see you next week here on Father Spitzer's Universe.